Sometimes you are waiting for something to happen. Sometimes you don't even really know that you're waiting for it to happen. You just um, are in a period that seems like it's circular, and you're just doing the same things. You're in a holding pattern, and you don't know what it is that needs to change. You don't know what it is that needs to happen, or if something ever will. It just seems like you're just circling and doing the same thing over and over again and waiting for something to change. And there's a story that um, is like this. It's from the Chronicles of Narnia, uh, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And um, in this story, a young girl named Lucy enters into a new world. She's playing hide-and-seek with her uh, brothers and sisters, and she goes into a wardrobe and comes out the other side uh, into a new world where it is all snow. And she meets a, a young fawn who is talking with her. His name is uh, Mr. Tumnus, and, and she's going, what, what is this, and who is this white witch that you're talking about, and what's going on? And, and his response is, um, who's the white witch? Well, it is she that makes it always winter here. Always winter and never Christmas. Think of that. And Lucy begins to understand that here in Narnia, it has been cold and dark for a long time with no joy, no celebration, no hope of change. It's just winter and darkness all the time with no Christmas. And a little bit later, she and her brothers and sister go and they are talking with a beaver, and the beaver is explaining that things are starting to happen, things are starting to change. And he says this, he says, because wrong will be, right, will be right when Aslan comes in sight. At the sound of his roar, sorrows will be no more. When he bears his teeth, winter meets its death. And when he shakes his mane, we shall have spring again. And so things must be drawing near their end now that he's come and you've come. And the winter was beginning to thaw. Now, I'm not going to give you the rest of the story. You're going to have to go home and, and read that over Christmas. But this expectation that, we, that they had been in this really long winter with no Christmas, where it was just cold and dark all the time, but now suddenly, here are these kids that are here and something is beginning to change. And they said, it seems that now as if Aslan is on the move. And we remember the stories from of old that when Aslan come, this would come, the spring would come, and things are beginning to melt, something is beginning to happen. Now, why do I say all of that? Because when we have been going through this Advent series, and we have been looking at the stories of the Old Testament and the expectation of the coming presence of God, they were in this same kind of holding pattern where story after story is uh, looking and seeing the brokenness in the world around us and looking and expecting that God's presence would come again, that His presence would come again, but when would it come again? We're waiting, we're waiting for your presence to come, God. The psalm we, we read at the beginning of the service, how long, how long do we have to wait? Well, they waited for a long time. 
We heard the story of, of uh, Adam and Eve. We heard the story of Abram and Sarah. We heard the story of uh, David and Bathsheba. And they were waiting and waiting and waiting. And then a period of time came when the prophets called out and said, the time is going to come. The day of the Lord is going to come. He will come and visit His people. And the prophets promised that. And then there was nothing. Silence. For 400 years, just silence. And I imagine that the people of God at that time, like the people in Narnia, were just in a holding pattern, waiting for something to happen. And now we get to the New Testament and there is an inkling that something is going to happen. And so would you join me in Luke chapter 1? In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. Now, Zechariah, whose name means Yahweh remembers, the Lord remembers, is serving as a priest before the Lord, and they are in this pattern where all of God's people are waiting and wondering, God, are you going to remember your promises of old? Are you going to return? Are you going to come back? Are you going to make things right? Because we aren't seeing it and we're not feeling it here. We are just here and waiting. And that's what the position of God's people was. They were living in a land of oppression where they were not free. They were not uh, able to rule themselves. They were living in their own land under foreign government. And they were waiting for God to do something. And then it says, and now Zechariah was this man who was walking blamelessly in all of the commandments and statutes of the Lord, but he and his wife Elizabeth had no child because Elizabeth was barren and both were advanced in years. Now, this was a, a problem because it was important to them to have children that they would be able to raise up and teach the ways of the Lord and that they could pass on their heritage to. And it was important, culturally very important, to have children. This was a sign of the blessing of the Lord. And here you have Zechariah and Elizabeth, and they have no children, and they are old. And so you have a problem for God's people in that they are waiting for the return of God, and then you have a problem for Elizabeth and Zechariah because they have no children. And you might wonder, well, did they not have children because they weren't blessed of God, because God didn't love them, because they did something wrong? But it's very clear. Luke goes out of his way to tell us how righteous they were, right? How deserving they were, perhaps. 
that here is Zechariah, who was of the division of Abijah, and he had a wife who was from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth, and both of them were righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statues of the Lord. They, they were righteous and following God, and yet, despite that, were not feeling the blessing of God in having children. And I want you to know that there are times when you may feel like you're not receiving the blessing of, the, of God. Not that He doesn't love you necessarily, but you just you feel like you're not receiving all that you might receive from Him. You haven't received all that you might. Maybe you've received even better than you deserve, but not all that you might receive from Him. There might be more that you would wish for or want. And that's where Zechariah and Elizabeth are. They are righteously following Him, serving Him. They are uh, of the right people, of the right tribes, and yet have no children. Now, it happened, verse 8, that while he was serving as a priest before God, when his division was on duty... According to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. Uh, it, it just happened that way. Strange coincidence. This weird thing happened that Zechariah, of all of the tribes, that all of the people that might serve before the Lord, of all of the Levites, he, his particular division was chosen. And then of all of those people, Zechariah was chosen that he might go into the temple and light the incense. This is something that might happen once in a lifetime to a priest because there were enough of them that this wouldn't happen all the time. It's not like, oh, it's Zechariah's turn again. It's like this might happen once in a lifetime for somebody. And Zechariah, in his older age, is called upon and is told, this is what you're supposed to do. Okay? So he goes in and he goes in to light the incense just like they always did. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and, he shall, and you shall call his name John. Now, I don't know about you, but I uh, pray regularly. And I don't always expect that something's going to happen, right? I know that as a person of faith, I should expect that every time I pray, God's going to answer my prayer probably today, right? I'm a pastor after all. And yet that isn't my experience. My experience is that I pour my heart out to the Lord and I ask for things and sometimes they happen and sometimes they don't happen according to His will. But I'm not always expecting it to happen. And then when it does happen, uh, even though I know that the Lord is good and I know that the Lord loves me, sometimes I'm surprised. 
And here is Zechariah going in to, to uh, light the incense, and the, an angel of the Lord shows up. He's in the temple. He's in the temple lighting incense before the Lord, and an angel shows up, and this is surprising to him. Why is it surprising to him? Because this kind of thing didn't happen all the time. It didn't happen all the time that, that they would uh, go in and then the angels would just show up. And a messenger of the Lord, a heavenly messenger of the Lord would come and uh, bring a message to you, right? That didn't happen all the time. And so there he is, and he's doing his religious duty, and he's lighting the incense, and then all of a sudden, boom, there's an angel, and he's troubled. In his spirit, he is troubled, and the angel says, don't, don't be afraid, because I have heard your prayer. The Lord has heard your prayer, and Elizabeth is going to have a child, and you shall name him John. And you can just imagine Zechariah going, wait, what? What? Yeah, I, I prayed that a long time ago. We prayed it for a long time. You're too late, angel. It's too late now. We can't have kids anymore now. You're too late. Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. And, and at this point, Zechariah is going, I would be ecstatic. Could this be? But the angel just keeps like piling stuff on, right? It's like information overload. Here, here's a really good news. The Lord has heard your prayer. Wow, that's great news. And you're going to have a kid and you're going to name him John. And he goes on. You will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great before the Lord. And he must not drink wine or strong drink. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even in his mother's womb. From the time he is conceived, before he is even born, he's going to be full of the Holy Spirit. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just and to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. I'm sorry. Could you repeat that? What's going to happen? My old lady's going to have a, a kid? And that kid is going to have the presence of the Holy Spirit on him before he's even born? And then he's going to be the one that fulfills the scriptures. Do you, you might not remember the scriptures. Let me re refresh your memory. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3. A voice cries, In the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. 
that message, the one that Isaiah said is going to come, more than 400 years ago, the great prophet Isaiah said, we're going to have one that's going to come and he's going to prepare the way for the Lord by calling out, everybody, repent and be prepared for the coming of the Lord is here. And John, my son John that I don't have yet, the one that you said my old lady is going to have, he's the one that's going to go out into the desert and he's the one that's going to yell that? Malachi chapter 4, verse 4. Remember the law of my servant Moses, the statutes and rules that I commanded him at Horeb for all Israel. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. And he will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction." My son John, the one that I don't have yet, is going to do that? The great day, the great and awesome day of the Lord is going to come, and me, in my old age, am going to have the son who's going to be the messenger before your people, who's going to prepare the way and tell them that your day is coming? I'm going to see all that? You see, Zechariah is a priest. He's familiar with all of these passages. He's been reading them for a long time. He's just been waiting a long time too, right? His dad waited. His grandpa waited. His great-grandpa waited. They all knew these scriptures. They've all just been waiting in this winter that never ends. Waiting for the presence of God. And now, This angel meets him in the temple to tell him the time has finally come. The time has finally come. So that when uh, John, the Apostle John, tells us about John the Baptist, this John, this is what he says in in John chapter 1, verse 6. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. And the word became flesh, this is verse 14 now, and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. That's the role that John, the son of Zechariah and Elizabeth, is going to fulfill. That's his role. He's going to come and be a prophet to proclaim to people, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Get ready, prepare your hearts, because the day of the Lord is coming. And then, when Jesus comes on the scene, his other role is to bear witness, so that Jesus wouldn't have to walk around and go, Hello, I am the Messiah, I have come to save you all. But there would be a witness, a witness who was a prophet, a messenger of God, who would say, He, He is the one. That he wouldn't have to bear witness about himself. The things he did, the things he said would bear witness to how great he was. And John the the Baptist would be crying out, that's the one, that's the one I told you to get ready for. That's the one. 
That's the one. And so all of this that the angel is telling to Zechariah, you are going to have a son. Now that would be enough, right? Here he's in his old age. He's waited for a very long time, wanting to have children and not having them. That alone would be enough to have that desire. But even more than that, he says, oh, no, no. Your son isn't going to just be any child. Your son is going to be the prophet that we've been waiting for. Your son is going to prepare the way for the day of the Lord. And Zechariah went, how can this be? Verse 18, how, can the, how shall I know this? For I'm an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. I really appreciate the tact of Zechariah here. I'm an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. That's well done, sir. And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. He's leaving Zechariah speechless. But all of this is going to happen, and the way that you're going to know, how, how am I going to know that this is going to take place? You're not going to be able to tell anybody. You're going to have to sit and wait in silence. Just as God's people have been waiting in silence, all of the messengers of God, all the prophets of God have finished their speaking, and now you've just been waiting for the coming of the Messiah, now you know, I'm telling you, Zechariah, that your child is going to be born and all of the things that come with the day of the Lord are going to begin to happen in his birth. But you can't tell anybody. You're just going to have to wait in silence. Meanwhile, outside, verse 21, the people were waiting for Zechariah. And they were wondering at his delay in the temple. How long does it take to light some incense? Zechariah, are you okay in there? What's going on? You need another lighter? You're just supposed to go in there and light it and come back out again. You know that, right? The people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering at his delay in the temple. And when he came out, he was unable to speak to them. And they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple. And he kept making signs to them, and he remained mute. And when his time of service was ended, he went to his home. And everybody's going, something weird's going on here. Something weird's going on with Zechariah. Did you see how he went in there and he took a really long time in there in the temple? Yeah? It didn't take the other priests that long when they went in and they did it. He took a long time in there and then he came out and he couldn't talk anything and he kept waving his hands and talking. Making all these signs. He saw something in there. What do you think Zechariah saw in there? What do you think is going to happen? 
What do you think it means that Zechariah came out after being in the temple and he couldn't talk? I don't know. But all this little chit-chat going around. What's going on? Something's going on. Get ready. And after these days, verse 24, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and for five months she kept herself hidden, saying, Thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. Now let's look at this from Elizabeth's perspective, right? She's advanced in years, has wanted to have children, has been praying with Zechariah that they would have children, and has now gone beyond the age where she could have children. That was not a blessing from the Lord that she would receive. And Zechariah goes and has the great honor of going in and lighting the incense in the temple. And there would have probably been great rejoicing in their home that he was chosen, selected to go and do this. And then he comes back and he's not talking. He doesn't say anything. And they figure out how to communicate with each other, whether it's writing notes back and forth or making signs back and forth so that they can begin to understand. And she, unlike everybody else who was standing around going, what is going on here? What might be happening? She begins to understand what Zechariah heard from the angel and begins to believe and begins to hope that the coming day of the Lord is coming soon and that she might have a child. And she conceives and she hides herself for five months. You, you, know, you know those times when somebody uh, becomes pregnant, but maybe they've been pregnant before and it didn't carry to term. And so you just wait. You wait. Wanting to hope. Wondering if you dare to hope that this one might come? I mean, we do have a promise from an angel, but I'm not ready to share with other people just yet. But in her heart is saying, thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. Here's this woman who is advanced in years and is feeling the reproach of others. I didn't have children. I didn't have children. I wasn't able to have children. God didn't bless me with children. And she's feeling the judgment of the people around her. She's feeling the shame of that. And she's carrying that weight. Even while, even while she and uh, Zechariah are faithfully following the Lord, even as they are faithfully walking with Him, believing in Him, yet at the same time she feels this judgment and shame because they don't have children. 
And maybe you feel reproach as well, just like Elizabeth did. Maybe you feel reproach because you didn't get married or you didn't have children or your children didn't turn out the way that you or others had hoped that they might. Maybe you're feeling reproach because you don't live in the kind of house that you think that you should live in or drive the kind of car or wear the kinds of clothes that you think you should live in. Maybe you didn't attain the occupation or education that you felt like you were supposed to. And so you live in a place where you have an identity and your identity is not all that you would like for it to be, all that you think that it should be. Because it's not good enough. And this poor woman lived in that place for a long, long time. Outside of her control. Not something that she could do anything about. And yet feeling that she wasn't good enough. Not a good enough daughter, not a good enough wife, not a good enough community member because she had had no kids. And now she knows that the Lord cares not only about His people, right? He has promised that the day of the Lord would come, and He cares not only about meeting the needs of His people, but meeting her needs particularly. And so she is experiencing the blessing of the Lord. Oh, it's going to be great that John is a messenger for the Lord, that he's going to be a prophet, that he's going to be a witness to the day of the Lord and prepare the hearts of the people and blah, 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 all that. That's great. But for her, it means no more shame. For her, it means no more reproach. For her, it means that the woman who was advanced in years and never had any children is now going to have not only a children, not only a child, but this child, the prophet Elijah kind of child. And her reproach is going to be removed. Now, in those days, verse 39, Mary arose and went with haste to the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Mary, in a very different circumstance, also has a miraculous conception. And she also is going to have a child. 
And do you remember the promise from the angel to Zechariah that the Holy Spirit would be on John, the infant in, in, uh, in her womb, before he was born? What is his role? His role is to prepare people and to proclaim, that's the one. That's the one. And so when Mary walks into the house of Zechariah and Elizabeth and she greets Elizabeth, the baby inside Elizabeth's womb goes, hey, that's the one. I recognize that one. And he leaped with joy. Now, I have heard that it is not particularly comfortable when babies leap with joy within the womb. But Elizabeth recognized it for what it was. And the Holy Spirit fills Elizabeth so that the first one to proclaim, he's the one, is Elizabeth. It's Elizabeth. What a great honor that the Holy Spirit speaks through her and goes, you're going to have a baby. And Mary's like, yeah, I, I know I'm, I'm going to have a baby. But not just any baby. Like the baby inside of me is telling me that the baby inside of you, that's the baby. That's the baby. And how is it that you are coming to visit me? That you, the mother of my Lord, have come to visit me. How blessed am I? I want you to know that whatever the reproach is that you feel that you may have been carrying for a long time, that when the Lord comes to bless you, you will have this kind of joy. You will have this kind of joy. Have the circumstances changed outside the house? Like, the way that other people are thinking about Elizabeth, that hasn't changed yet. They haven't seen her yet. They don't know nothing about John. None of that has changed. But the Lord has visited Elizabeth in a particular way. And she is feeling the joy of the presence of the Lord. And I want you to know that whatever it is that you feel ashamed about, the Lord loves you and He is coming to be with you. And when He comes to be with you, He will remove your shame. He will remove the reproach and you will feel the blessing of His presence. And so it was that when Mary came, Elizabeth recognizes and says, and blessed is the one, how blessed are you who believe that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. When we believe that the promises of the Lord will be fulfilled, we are very blessed. We are very blessed. Now, verse 57, the time came for Elizabeth to give birth, and she bore a son, and her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her. Now, I don't know if the reproach that Elizabeth felt from her neighbors and family was actual, that they were actually sitting in their houses talking behind her back about, oh, wow, it's really too bad about Elizabeth. Zechariah and Elizabeth, wow, that's just no good. No kids in that house. Unloved by the Lord, that's clear. I don't know that that was actually happening. I just know that she was feeling it. But when she 
uh, has this child, the friends and the neighbors and the family that are around rejoice with her. How wonderful is this thing that happened for Elizabeth? How wonderful that God has come to be with her. How wonderful that she has had a son. How wonderful. And they rejoiced with her. And on the eighth day, when it came time to circumcise the child, they were going to call him Zechariah after his father. Neighbors and friends and family went, so he'll be Zechariah, right? And she went, nope. But his mother answered, no, he shall be called John. Somehow in those nine months, Zechariah had communicated to her the expectation that the baby was coming, that this was a special baby, what his role would be, and that we are going to name this kid John. And so when the child is born and they go to circumcise him, all of their neighbors go, we're going to name him Zechariah. And Elizabeth goes, no, no, his name is John. His name is John. Because Zechariah couldn't say anything. And they went, um, verse 61, none of your relatives are called by that name. John? That's a terrible name. Zechariah would be a much better name. Uh, Elizabeth, I, I think that, that uh, this, is not, this is not what you should name him. I know you're the mom, but... Not, not John, Ze- Zechariah. We're going to go with that. And so they make signs to Zechariah. <laughs> I don't know why they didn't just ask him. <laughs> but they made signs. <laughs> and he didn't make signs back. He asked for a tablet. So they bring him a tablet, verse 63. And he asked for a writing tablet and wrote, His name is John. And they all wondered, his name is John? And immediately his mouth was open and his tongue was loosed and he spoke, blessing God. And fear came on all the neighbors. And all these these things were talked about through all the hill country of Judah. And all who heard them laid them up in their hearts saying, what then will this child be? For the hand of the Lord was with him. There's beginning to be a thaw. This child is here. Something is beginning to happen. After 400 years of silence, something is beginning to happen, and there is an expectation that the day of the Lord is going to come. And everybody's going, What's going on? Did you hear the story about how Zechariah went into the temple and he came back out and he couldn't speak? Yeah, I heard that. And then, and then Elizabeth got pregnant. I know! Weird! And then they named him John! What? Something is going on. Because as soon as they said his name was John, then Zechariah could talk again. And he's blessing the Lord. And he's talking about how great John is going to be. Which we expect everybody, every dad is excited about how great their son is going to be. But listen to all the things that he says about John. Do you think it's true? 
Do you think it could be happening? Do you think the day of the Lord could be on its way? And the expectation just got ratcheted up to 10. At a time when nothing was happening, they were living in a holding pattern and waiting for something to happen. All the expectations got ratcheted up to 10. And now we are knowing that something is about to happen. The great day of the Lord is about to come. His Messiah is soon to be revealed. And some of you are living in a holding pattern and you're holding on to some shame and some reproach that just lives with you because it's part of your identity. And I want you to know that next week when we celebrate the birth of Jesus, we're going to celebrate the presence of God with us. The blessing of having God, Emmanuel, the one who is with us, who will remove our shame, who will remove our reproach, because he has loved us so much that he will bless us with his own Holy Spirit and his own presence. Let's pray. Father, we are waiting, waiting for the day when this becomes a complete reality for us, that we will live not only with the expectation that our reproach and shame are removed, but when we actually feel it completely gone, the day when we will no longer feel inadequate, but because of Jesus, we'll be, uh, we will be made whole. Lord, we live in hopeful expectation, believing that you will fulfill all of your promises, believing that you never will leave us or forsake us, but will always be with us to the very, very end. And it is in that hope and expectation that we rejoice now. In Jesus' name, amen.